Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. MyTunes returns to the music. Last week it was photography and it was life coaching, but it's very much music. And I'm delighted to welcome to the MyTunes studio, Ruby Bisco-Taylor. Good morning, how are you? Well, I'm fine, and I'm delighted that we've got you in, because we, we had planned to do this a while ago, then I went away, and you went away, yes. but, but here we are. Here we are, thank you for Ruby, having me. Well, thank you for coming along. Ruby, you may well have seen Solo, you may well have seen her in a band. We're going to talk about all of that and more. But I want to go right back to a very young Ruby, when did you first pick up the ukulele? Okay, um, I was, I think, 14 years old. Oh, right. Um, so I'd already been playing a bit of piano, playing a bit of guitar, and then I heard a band where the lead in the band plays ukulele, and I'd never heard it played like that. You know, before it was all kind of kitschy, and you see it on kind of Hawaiian ads and that kind of thing, and it was, it was right, I think, at the time when ukulele started becoming a popular instrument again and um, it was a band called Beirut and that made me pick up the ukulele and as soon as I did it's the only thing I've played since basically. You are so right it was in the doldrums for years and years and years and then at that time yeah. you mentioned boom. Yeah suddenly it, it's everywhere. Indeed there was a ukulele uh, there still is the ukulele orchestra. Yeah they're brilliant. <laughs> I mean what a nice thing to tour with where do you put your instruments just in the overhead locker? Easy peasy <laughs> oh seriously it's the nicest instrument ever I can just throw it on my back it's light it's portable I once dropped it down the side of a train. <laughs> what a moving train? <laughs> Luckily not a moving train it was a stationary train but you know how they always say mind the gap yeah slipped right off my shoulder <sighs> between the train and the platform. Did you I get was, it back? I did thank god. Oh, yes. thank goodness. <laughs> So that was sort of early teens, but you yeah. had been playing guitar and piano before. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So which one started you off? Um, piano. Okay, yeah, and yeah. lessons and everything? Yes, yes, I, I got up to grade eight. Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> not played I, much since, though. For those of you that don't know, that's good. That, that is very, <laughs> very good. Was good. Yeah, well, I think, well, you know, they must come back. Is it that? I tried. It's going to take a little bit of practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, born in Cambridge. We were just right. talking earlier. Came to the Isle of Man of four. Do you remember arriving or is it all a bit hazy? Not really, no. I My nana lived over here and my mum's sister, my auntie. So I do remember trips on the ferry when I was very young and feeling very, very ill. So uh, I don't know if that was the move or just earlier visits but I definitely have that memory um, but we moved to Port Erin so I think that was just paradise at that age you know you had the beach and the summer we moved in August so it was a beautiful place to be I don't mean to offend anybody else around the Isle of Man but it is my favourite beach it's on the, the best on, beach I don't so think there's good. any arguing really it's sandy <laughs> it's lovely for kids it's nice and shallow yeah it's... and you know what at that time they still had the um, the deck chairs so you could just pick up a deck chair in the morning so I'd go down with my mates and we'd I think we'd be there about 8 in the morning reserve some deck chairs get some sweets and that'll be us for the day beautiful <laughs> so really there was no feeling of homesickness or maybe I need to go back somewhere because you you really grew up here yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah I have very little memories of Cambridge yeah. really well there we go Port Erin's gain <laughs> thank 
was the Fens loss, you see. <laughs> today's song, we'll move on to today's song, because I, I, I don't think you and I are alone at thinking that this is one of the very, very best pop songs ever. Definitely. Tell me why you've chosen it. Um, so the band is the Renettes, and I became obsessed with them when I was at uni. Obviously, I knew Be My Baby, because that's probably their biggest song, but I had a band, and my guitarist said, oh, this song that you've written sounds a little bit like the Renettes. And I was like, oh, I'm not that familiar with them. And he says, oh, my God, how can you not? So, you know, big faux pas on my part. But he said, listen to this song because it's the best and I agree with him. So it makes me think of him, it makes me think of making music uh, at uni and it's just a fantastic pop song. Perfect, we'll play it right now. Day one, track one, The Ronettes and Baby I Love You. My tunes this week is ever so well known for playing the ukulele and very well known for singing, both as a solo artist and in the band. It's Ruby Bisco Taylor. 
Good morning. I feel like Jules Holland. That's a sort of, you could, <laughs> oh, you'd I be wish. very well on Jules Holland because he'd love to introduce you. Yes, he'd he like, would say that really nicely, wouldn't he? He, he would. <laughs> Ruby, Bisco, Taylor. I can hear Jules in... It's only a matter of time. Oh, that's the dream. It's only a matter of time, <laughs> Ruby, I'll tell you. Well, we talked about being small on a most beautiful beach on the Isle of Man, which we were quite unashamedly saying is Port Erin Beach, because no, it is. denying it. Okay. Today, I want to talk about you going off to Brit school. How okay. did this happen? I think by the time I got to about 15, I always did really well in school. I enjoyed school, but I was just so in love with music and that's all I wanted to do so I went on Google I looked for music schools and it was the first one on the list (laughs) so I applied um I have an auntie in London so I was able to stay with her and you know it's the kind of thing you do on a whim I applied for it I auditioned and I got in wonderful Fantastic. and, and yeah. only what 16 15 yeah I was 16 when I went yeah. 16 when you went and you must have suddenly found so many people with different talents it's like being in a sweet shop and you can you can interact and you can make music with all of them and uh... it really was just the most incredible experience yeah the um the amount of time that we had to just make music together and you know the friends that I made will be friends for life it was yeah it was gorgeous but it's not, only, it's not only making the music and the performing skills, it's arranging and yeah. it's working out instrumentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the tasks that they set us was when we performed a song, we had to listen for every tiny part, every tiny synth part, every little you know trumpet bit, every drum roll, and try and replicate it completely. And it really, really helps your listening skills. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you just hear a record, and, and it's fine, but when you start listening to every little bit that's been put in there, mm-hmm. and the care that goes into making sure something's not so loud as that, yeah. and et cetera. Yeah. yeah, so how long was that? Just two years, yeah, so it's instead years. of doing sixth form. Okay, and then moved on. And then I went to um, university at Royal Holloway, University of London. I did um, a music with French degree. Oh, which was dominating. Music, yeah. (laughs) Minored in French, and uh, it was probably one of the biggest mistakes of my life. (laughs) Why? Um, I think I just became really shy and anxious about it and um, because I was minoring as well most people took a year abroad and spent a year studying in France but I didn't so that made me more behind and the whole experience of French I could have swapped that for one 45 minute performance but I was trying to stretch myself I thought you know I'm here to learn terrible mistake I should have just taken an easy grade (laughs) really yeah and that was what three or four years um three years three years yeah and then back here? Or? And then back here, yeah. 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 Was there a time, and I ask this of a lot of uh, musicians, when you thought, I've got to do this full time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop everything and just jump in? Um, I think I've always just been a little bit fearful, so I've never properly jumped in. Um, the most I've done was when I left my job in 2021 and started busking actually that's the most music i've ever done I, i've been busking i mean it's, it's part-time hours because we're only allowed to do five hours a week but um it's basically a full-time musician for me um i've had more time to spend on my own music on the band on songwriting so that's been really really cool and that was from 2021 which of course was mid-covid yeah really. yeah 
we'd that sort was a bit of a, a bit of a leap. <laughs> yeah, we'd had the first wave, hadn't we? Yes, yeah. Just in the middle of the second. Right, we're going to talk more about performing and the band uh, tomorrow. But you mentioned this band, and I'm delighted you've chosen it, showcasing the ukulele. Your second choice, please. The second choice is Postcards from Italy from Beirut. And I don't think we need any explanation, because when it starts, everyone will say, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Times we had, oh, when the wind would blow with rain or snow, we're not all bad. We put our features where they had had to go.
My guest on my tunes this week is a solo performer, solo artist, and also in a band. And I thought today, Ruby Bisco Taylor, we should talk about your band, The Broken Biscuits. Yes, Bisky Brisht. As you say in the Manx, put a bit of Manx on it. <laughs> when did, did, did you form it, first of all? I did, yeah. So um, I formed the band... Uh, primarily for the reason of entering the Aransom Manon competition. So it was back in 2017, I think, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and I'd written a song that I wanted to enter into this competition. And the reason for the competition is to find a song to represent the Isle of Man at the Pan-Celtic Song Contest in Ireland. Um, so I put together the band. I got my stepdad to play guitar, um, a friend of his on trumpet and a... Um, Jip, who's got the studio, Bella Groove Studio. You know, I'd known him a long time. So I kind of was just taking people I already knew. And then also I had um, a guy, John, who I'd never met before. But my um, nana said, oh, John plays trumpets. I said, OK, come with us to Ireland. <laughs> so that's how we started. And we've kind of built up the members since then. It's a lovely lineup as well, because it gives you flexibility to do all sorts of things. Yeah, we um, have eight members on a good day. But, you know, eight people to get in one place is quite difficult. So we've learned to adapt and we have a kind of side project called Bisky Crumbs, where <laughs> if only a few of us turn up, that's what we call it. <laughs> I think that is brilliant. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Now, with your solo work and the band work, uh, do any of the songs overlap? Yes, yeah. Um, I think most of my solo stuff is busking, but I also do weddings and events as well. And um, I mean, I just pick my favourite songs to sing. So sometimes they appear as covers in the band. Sometimes I'll do some of my originals at the events. So there's always a bit of crossover. It makes it easier for me, to be honest. Now, when you're writing, where does the inspiration come from? Um, from anywhere. Sometimes it could be just a phrase that I've thought of or a melody. Um, usually something will pop into my head as I'm walking along and I'll quickly grab my phone and just record one little bit. Um, I read something, actually, um, we listened to my favourite band yesterday, Beirut, and I was reading an AMA he did on Reddit and he said that when he writes a song, he kind of writes something that feels like it should already exist and I, I think that, that really resonated with me. I think definitely when I write something it feels like you know, without copying anyone else, that it it should already exist. It's already out there. Yeah. I think that's very interesting because there's a wonderful story that uh, Paul McCartney tells. Uh, not to me personally. I don't, <laughs> not that I'm me and Paul are like that. No, no, I never met him. Anyway, but he said, but yesterday when he woke up, he thought, oh, I must have heard that somewhere because yeah. he, he sort of had it in his sleep, and then he wrote it down and sang it to to John. You sure that's not been written, you know, because it sounded like it should have been. I feel that way. I, sometimes after I write something, I have to kind of search the internet. It's like, it, does this already exist? I'm sure it must, but I've been okay so far. I've not copied anyone yet. And it must get harder the more and more people who are writing songs, especially now that the, the, the ukulele is so popular. Um, people are writing more and more songs using a ukulele. You might think, well, maybe that has been done or has that been done? Yeah, and I think there's only so much you can do with a ukulele as well. So there's definitely, you can hear similarities. But um, for, for the band, um, the stuff that we produce in the band, generally it's, it's not just ukulele-based. We have so many other instruments that um, it doesn't hopefully doesn't sound too similar to anything else. <laughs> now, today's choice of music. Another essential, essential part of musical heritage. Yeah. I think another of one of the greatest pop songs ever. This is, if I have to pick my favourite song of all time, it's um, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. And this is your favourite? It is, of all time, yeah. 
That's all we need to know. Here it is. This week, my guest on my tunes is Ruby Bisco Taylor, and I do think it's only a matter of time, Ruby, before we get that lovely Jules Holland intro. Maybe the Hoot Nanny. The Hoot Nanny. The Hoot Nanny. Oh, what a treat that would get be! I've got to keep plugging. Keep plugging. <laughs> we'll talk about the future, and in all seriousness, we'll talk about the future because there's so many good tunes of yours out there for people to listen to, and uh, they need you need to dig them out, boys and girls. Go and have a listen. Yeah. And it shouldn't be too hard to dig. You know, we're, we're all over the internet. I know. You're, you're very well placed on YouTube and other internet mm-hmm. outlets are available. Let's look at the future. Solo work and the lovely bunch of broken biscuits and the crumbs as well, when, when the, all the biscuits aren't quite lined up. <laughs> now, I'm not going to mention your birthday, but there is one coming up. There is. It's the big 3-0 this year. Uh, I, I don't know I'm, how I'm feeling about it, to be honest. Well, I'm feeling ridiculously bonkers about it because <laughs> well, we, we worked out that when we were last in this studio, it was about nine years ago yeah, when was. I was recording you 
for the singer-songwriter of Man that was part yeah. of the anniversary of Manx Radio. Well, there's another anniversary of Manx Radio coming up uh, next year. Moved on by another 10 years. Yeah, gone so, in the blink of an eye. I know. So what's going to happen to you from now on? What's the plan, Stan? Well, um, we are currently halfway through recording our second album. So that's exciting. We're at Balagroove Studio um, with Jip. So we have got about half of that done. Um, songs are all written. Just need to lay down a few more tracks. So hopefully releasing this year. Yeah, I'd say end of this year would be a good goal. End of this year. Now, obviously, we all love you on the Isle of Man. You, you go down a storm. You've got some lovely venues. Is there an opportunity to take this off the island? I would like that very much. That is very much the plan this year. I'm asking everyone I can, applying to every single festival that takes applications, and I just really, really want to get Bisky off the island um, to see other people. We went to Lorient Festival last year, which was so much fun, um, and went down really well. I wasn't quite sure, because it is more of a traditional festival, traditional folk festival, so I wasn't sure quite how well we'd go down. But we just got such a brilliant reception, and it was so much fun. So more of that is what we need. Definitely. And, you know, when you think of the cities that surround us here, you know, just go around the clock from Dublin, Belfast, Glasgow, uh, Liverpool. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazingly brilliant places to play because yeah. there's so many people that want to go and see the music that you're making. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone, you know, listening has any, has any hookups, let me know. <laughs> when we talk about releasing albums these days... Goodness me, it is so different. I mean, I'm guessing the vast majority of the sales to get some money back into the pot will not be from selling CDs, or will it? Um, to be honest, we've sold more CDs than I ever thought we would. Originally, with the first album, I only printed 100 because I thought, who buys CDs these days? And we sold out in a week. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I completely wasted my money on a small order there because obviously the more you order, the, the cheaper it yeah. is. And I've had two reprints since then. So they've gone down so much better than I expected. But mostly we get um, we get money from gigging and we get money from selling merch, so T-shirts and that kind of thing. Obviously, online listens amount to very, very little. I think yeah. we probably get about... Fifty pounds a year from that, because yeah. <laughs> you need hundreds of thousands yeah. or millions, really, to, yeah. to clock up any serious revenue from that that side, the downloading and the streaming, yeah, particularly. Exactly. But no, I guess the gigs are probably a, a good way of, of selling the CD because they can take something away with them. Yeah, yeah, that's the intention. I always have a few in my bag. Um, even when I'm busking, I always have a few out just in case people like what they're hearing. Well, we do like what we're hearing. Thank you. And here's to a fabulous year and a lovely birthday. Thank you so much. I hope the party is wonderful and musical. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I've got a gig the night before at the moment, so um, I need to uh, get a gig on the day. Yeah, birthday definitely. Gig. Ruby, it's been brilliant to catch up. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please, before we play this uh, final track, tell me about Julia Jacqueline. Um, so Julia Jacqueline, she is, I'd say, my favourite touring artist at the moment. Um, she's an Australian singer-songwriter, absolutely gorgeous voice, really intimate lyrics, and she's wonderful. I've seen her twice, um, once in Dublin, once in Manchester, and this is probably my favourite song of hers. It's called Pool Party. Pool Party. Julia Jacqueline to finish up a wonderful week. Ruby, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming in.
You know, I really can hear Jules Holland saying Ruby, Bisco, Taylor, and hopefully not before too long. Thank you, Ruby, for a wonderful week on my tunes. All the best with the new album. And don't forget, I'm here Monday to Friday, 9.30 with the Shaw Morning Show, and these podcasts will keep coming at manxradio.com.